Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm great, Nicole. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being with me. For everyone tuning in, I'm very excited to be here today with Tom Matthews of the Tom and Joanne team. Tom is a very tenured uh, member of our team, and I was excited to speak with him today about just because I've heard from a couple members of our um, leadership team recently, just the way that your business is structured, that it is very unique. Um, and I know you do so much for the realtor community and you do a lot of you know teaching and coaching and things like that. But I just I love the structure. Um, what jumped out at me was just the emphasis on family that you enjoy and have and the boundaries that you're able to implement and still do really well um, and service your clients. So without further ado, I wanted to just let you sort of introduce yourself and yeah. maybe give us a little background. Well, thank you, Nicole. I'm glad to be here. I wish we were in person so you could buy me lunch, but <laughs> I will do the Zoom. But I'm Tom Matthews. Everyone doesn't know me. I've been a realtor for 21 years and been with Joanne Toronto, my business partner, for 19 years. And we've been with Gibson for 13. So pretty excited about that. But I'm a dad. I have three children under the age of eight and have learned through the years that, you know, running a real estate practice and having a family and trying to balance that. We'll be talking about that today. But, you know, really focusing on what's important, you know, what's important for me and so forth. But, you know, the real estate business has been so good to Joanne and I. So close to 700 homes. You know, we are full time active in the business. And it's given me a wonderful life. And I just want the opportunity to give back and help elevate other realtors. I love that. And yeah, talk, speaking to people that might be, you know, thinking about someday having families or new parents, yeah. if this might be an industry for them. Um, if you could walk us through just sort of how you got to where you are. I know, obviously, when you started, you didn't have children um, and how your business has evolved um, just in the way you structure it since then. Yeah, no, I was 23, fresh, fresh out of college, uh, took the extended tour through college. Um and started and started in real estate and you know quickly was kind of finding that I was having challenges in the business. And, and my biggest challenge was that I was really aggressive and just cared about the deals. So I hired a business coach and took a disc behavioral assessment and found out that I was a super high D and kind of high I, low S, low C. And for people who haven't taken the disc, I highly recommend it. Because if you want to create a great vision, you have to understand yourself. Once you understand yourself, you create a why, and then you can create a vision and create a business. So one of the things with being a high I is that most high I's don't uh, value um, lists. They don't value time. They don't value time management. And so I was like thinking to myself, man, I have to create systems. And I loved being in real estate because I could sleep till 10. I could work a half a day, go home, play video games, you know. But what I found was that create business, you have to have that habit of prospecting. Mm -hmm. And to create that habit, you have to have systems and you have to have time blocking and time management. And, and they kind of it developed from that because you would close a couple deals and you'd have that roller coaster. You'd have be very busy and then you'd have no business for two or three months. Then you'd be very busy, then you'd have no business. And so I wanted to create more consistency. I like that. And I think it's interesting where you fall on that disc assessment. I do believe it's a great thing for everyone to do. For me, I like it just because it also teaches you how to work with different people. Like, you know, yourself, I would know, you know, when you said that, I'm like, oh, I kind of get you a little bit more and how we can effectively work together. So that's definitely an interesting thing to look at. As you're speaking, I was thinking the way, the way that you describe yourself, right? And then the way that I perceive you too, 
I think that you are unique for the industry um, in a way. I think people think that you have to be like constantly out and socializing. And I think that you've really designed your business around a more, I would say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe a little bit of more introverted approach with a lot of structure behind the scenes, very methodical, a lot of strategy. And I think that I really wanted to like highlight that because I think that people that might feel they're stronger in those areas might think, mm, I won't thrive, right? Because I think they think that maybe they have to be out and about constantly socializing, constantly on. Well, I know you do that too. And there's definitely a blend of both. That's really a reason that I want to talk today because I think it's just, it's really amazing what you've been able to accomplish and how strategic that you've been. Yeah, you have to be tactical. And so I would say if people are watching this call, whether you're extrovert or introvert, probably the most important thing to focus on if you're trying to grow the business is what is your why? You know, why are you in sales? Why are you in residential real estate sales? And it's something that I wish someone had introduced to me earlier in my career. And if you're sitting here watching this video, you know, go read Simon Sinek's book, Why Start With Why? or start with why, or watch his 18-minute video on YouTube. But come up with, because everyone knows as a residential realtor that you sell houses. And, and I think, you know, at my last check, there's like 200,000 licensees in the state of Massachusetts. And they say the average licensee sells zero houses a year. So how do you get to that point where people know what you do, but why you do it? Mm -hmm. so for me, I have a thirst for learning. I love to learn and I love to educate. And Joanne and I together, we love to educate our buyers and our seller clients. And what draws people to us is we've created a mission statement. And our mission statement is that we have a client-centric business where we focus on lifestyle and finance. So we're attracted to a lot of families. We're attracted to a lot of conservative clients who want to focus on making a good decision. Because I say in real estate that you make money in real estate when you buy a property but you realize the money when you sell the property. So the acquisition becomes really important. Mm -hmm. And as you develop your why and you develop your mission statement, what you then have to do is you start telling your clients why you're in business and what's really important to you. So I tell my clients that my family, my faith and my business are really important to me. And if they will respect that, we will have a great partnership. Mm -hmm. And that's an important word, partnership, because a lot of people think that they're being hired by a consumer, but you're not being hired. You're being partnered up because real estate, you don't call me up today and buy a house tomorrow. You know, back you know when we had a plethora of inventory, a buyer would call me up today and I'd have them into a home in 60 days. Now it can take up to six months, maybe even a year. And that becomes a long-term partnership. And we have to have respect and trust to do that well. Yeah, no, for sure. I love that. And kind of going back to the why, and it doesn't have to always be about family, but I think this is, we started kind of the thought process around this whole conversation was boundaries. And for me, yes. I didn't have a lot of boundaries before I had kids. And that was just the moment that I, I have a one-year-old and I have another one coming in a few months. And that was something for me that I had to immediately learn at that point. And mm -hmm. I defined success by the amount of time I was putting into work. And I had to immediately realize that's not the case, right? The amount of time it takes you to do something is not like, it's about getting it done and getting it done right. well. Yeah. Um, and it actually made me, I mean, for me, a lot of, obviously when you have a family, it's a kind of an easy why um, you want to get home, you want to be with them. You're doing what you're doing. 
to have a better life. Um, and so that kind of helps prioritize, I think, yeah. when I reflect back. But if you could talk a little bit about how you communicate that with your family, I know we, we had touched on some of that, and I think it's really interesting. I'd be happy to, but before I do, congratulations on the growing Thank you. family. And, and I think it's great that you introduced the topic of what is your definition of success? Because for me, a long time, my definition of success was how many units could I close in a year and how much volume was I doing? And, and, and I did, and it has shifted over the years. But as far as setting boundaries, I'm a really big fan of time management. And if anyone out there is watching this and you're like, what is a resource? Chet Holmes wrote this book called The Ultimate Sales Machine. That's really, really good on helping you to understand how to create time blocking. And a technique that I say that people should like think about is that when you go on vacation and you know you're not going to have access to your cell phone, your email, your computer, you are the most effective the day before. Mm -hmm. And so from a mindset perspective, if you're going to be working, you have to have the mindset that tomorrow you're going on vacation, you have to be super effective with your time. But, you know, setting boundaries, one of the things I talk to people about is that when I'm with my family and I have three kids under the age of eight and I have a wife, my wife's home full time with the children. So I'm feeding a family of five. And I say to my children, I am in a family business. Everything I do affects the family. I am going to do everything I can that when I'm home with you guys to be dedicated to you. But there will be times when daddy has to step aside to make a phone call or take an email. And you guys have to be okay with that. And, you know, it's, and I'll tell you, the kids have to learn just as much as we do. Cause I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. My son, Tommy, he's very, he's very assertive. I'll use the word assertive. And when he was about three or four, I was playing with him and I had to take a phone call. And I took the phone call and all of a sudden I like dropped my phone and like was huffing and puffing. And my client was like, are you okay? You having a heart attack? I said, no, my son just punched me. You know where, because I was on the phone with you. And, and he and I were laughing so hard. He's like, oh my God, I've been there with the kids. Go be with them and, um, and call me later. But you know, like you have to teach your family what, how you work. And, mm-hmm. and then you teach your clients how you work. There, for nine years, because my wife was a school teacher, I didn't work on a Monday. I took every Monday off. And I would dedicate that for my family because we work every weekend. And right. I would tell all my clients. And, and I had one client who said, I can only meet you on a Monday. And I said that I don't think we're the right fit for each other. Mm-hmm. Like, well, every other realtor I met with will meet with me whenever I want. Whenever I call them, whenever I want them, they'll meet with me. I was like, that's fine. I'm not the realtor for you. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's really important for people to understand is that you can't work with everybody. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide, like, what is the business? So we talked about the why. The why doesn't have to be your family. The why can be providing yourself the better life you want. But you have to decide what the business is that you want and who do you want to work with. Right. And you have to be willing to say no. Right. Which is so hard. It's so hard. But if I called my CPA or my financial advisor or my doctor or any of them and said, I need to see you in 30 minutes, they'd all tell me the same thing. Pound sand. However, Tom, I love you and I can see you tonight at 6 p.m. or tomorrow at 9 a.m. So you just do the same thing. When someone calls you and demands of your time at that moment, I tell people, tell them you have an appointment. Don't tell them what the appointment is. Just say you have an appointment. I don't care if that appointment is walking your dog, going to your chiropractor, or reading to your child. But tell me you have an appointment. 
I'm not available at that time, but here are the alternative times I am available. If they are a partner and they know you and they like you and they trust you, they will respect that and they will respond to you. Okay. I'd be happy to see you at 6 PM tonight. You know? Right. No, I love that. And I know when we were kind of prepping or chatting before this, it's to me, it occurred to me because I'm definitely someone that wants to appear to just jump when anyone needs it. And and you, because you want to get across how much you care, but I think when you look at it and I keep bringing it back to kids and it doesn't have to be, but to me, it's like in order to be, yeah, in order to be a good parent, it's like you need to check, you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself, your needs in order to be a good friend, in order to be a good advisor, whatever the role is, you're actually doing a disservice to like the rest of your ecosystem to just constantly jump unless there is an emergency. Of course, we all know when something truly qualifies as an emergency and you're going to jump at that moment. But when you decide that you're going to make everything an emergency, it's not good for anybody in the relationship, right? Because if you're doing that for one client, then you're going to be doing it for another one when they're looking for you for a real reason. And so it's really hard, but I think it's so important to try that Try to create those boundaries. Try to ask yourself just that one second pause of like, do I need to do this right now? Right. And it helps everybody really. That's a part of your whole world. I think if you can manage that better. Yeah. Cause I, when I started selling real estate when I was 23 and I missed bachelor parties, birthday parties, I missed so many events, weddings. I just sacrificed everything for business. And what I was, what I have grown to learn and find out was that many of the items I missed was unnecessary. It was pressure I was putting on myself for exactly what you're describing is trying to prove to people that I had a value add and the value add was availability. But what I found was that I would burn out. I would go through these periods of burnout or, you know, maybe I'd be at nighttime and I'd have a beer and then someone would call me and maybe I'm not my sharpest. You know, you want to be your sharpest. And so I found that you have to respect those boundaries. Mm hmm. For wherever phase you are in life, because you could be single, you may not ever want kids, but maybe you have a partner. Because one of the things I noticed, because I did get involved in the realtor organization, I'm a graduate of the MAR Leadership Academy. I teach for MAR. I do a lot. I do a lot for GBAR. I do a lot for the realtor organization. And one of the biggest observations I found were people that were unhappy, divorced, didn't have relationships with the people they loved. And I said, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you in this position? And they would always say, but the clients come first. And I said, yes, the clients should get your attention, but why are they first? You know, and that's why, again, I push people and I challenge people to go back to that, creating that foundation. You mm-hmm. know, I teach an eight-hour course on building a real estate business. And I start the class with building the foundation, almost like thinking like building a house. Mm-hmm. You can't have a great house without having a solid foundation. Then you have the sill plate and then you have the frame. And, you know, if you want a house to stand for 250 years, it has to have that solid foundation. And if you want a business that lasts for five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30, 40, you have to have a solid foundation. Yeah, I love that. So if we can get a little more technical and I love your talking about um, time blocking. I personally have tried that and I do. I agree with you. If you give yourself an allotted amount of time, um, you typically do get things done, especially when there's something that you need to do or want to do after. I found when I, before I had children, I would always manage to stretch my day into, it was almost like I felt like, um, I'm good about it. Right. Like I would work somehow till nine o'clock every night. I can't do that anymore. I could, right. and some nights I have to, but really my priority is like, I really want to wrap up so that I can 
put my kid to bed or whatever it might be. And somehow I do it. Right. But there might be times that I jump on after or whatever it is, but I do love the time blocking. I think it makes you, you don't realize how much time in your day you waste when you're not just telling yourself, I have this hour to do this. I have to do it now. Um, But time blocking obviously is one of your tools. I wanted to hear about the systems, tools, techniques that you use, um, some of the regular systems. And then also if there's any like tech tools that help you. Yeah. So one of the things that Joanne and I have been implemented recently is called Marketing Monday. So from 10 o'clock on Monday morning to 2 p.m. on Monday. So that four-hour block is blocked in our shared calendar and on our personal calendar. So Joanne and I share a calendar that we both look at. And then my family and my wife looks at a calendar. And on Monday from 10 to 2, we are doing marketing. And we came up with an agenda. And we went through that agenda. And the first thing on the agenda is taking care of any comparative market analysis, any type of listing prep. Because what we like to do is work together. And, and I, I'm a firm believer of creating lists and working through the list. And so we go through that list and we're doing handwritten notes to clients, doing our you know thank yous, our check-ins, doing everything on Monday for that four-hour block. The other thing we do, we record our copies with Tom and Joanne that day, and we invite guest speakers. So we've had guest speakers. I had Ben Bowen from the Shallot Market, and I've had Diane Barry from down in Hartford area. And so inviting guests and, and really having structure. Then Tuesday, we have our Tuesday check-ins. So Tuesday from 7 a.m. till 12 p.m., we check in with all of our clients. And we ask the client, what is your favorite method of communication? Do you want an email? Do you want a phone call? Do you want a text message? Every Tuesday, we check in with our clients. And we also, we have another list. We check our bank accounts. You know, because one thing that's really important is like looking at where you're investing money. Are you getting a return on your investment? If you're not, is that something you need to cut? You know, Colleen Barry, who's the CEO of our company, I've been coaching with almost my entire career. And she had me read this great book by Seth Godin called The Dip. And it talks about how your business will go up, it will flatline, and it will dip. And during that dip, a lot of people quit. And that's the time when you really have to like dig deep, make sure you're doing things right. Because if you get through that dip, your business shoots up again. Um so structure, you know, we go through our bank account, we look through one of our goals is we want to be one of the top brokers in Concord, Massachusetts in the next 10 years. So we look at what are the activities we didn't conquer in the last week. You know, Joanne, and so we go through and we just fire through this list. And what's cool is that we then save those minutes. So it's March 8th. And yesterday was Tuesday meeting. I went back and looked at the first week of March in 2022, 2021, 2020, 2019, 2019, 2018. And I looked every week to what our activity was and what our notes were for that week. And they were all pretty similar. It's the beginning part of March when the last month of the first quarter and things are kind of quiet, but we're starting to hear phone calls. And as I analyze our business, most of our business gets closed from May 1st through the end of November. Mm -hmm. It just gave me the confidence to keep doing what I'm doing because it's so easy when you're not busy transacting to feel like the world is falling apart. So if you take good notes and you can refer back to them, it gives you that little extra confidence. So that's kind of like the structure. Then by Wednesday, and I'm always looking ahead of my calendar, you know, because I wouldn't want to miss an important call like this. And the only way you know about these things is if you're looking at your calendar a day or two ahead of time. 
So yesterday I was looking at my calendar for today. I had BNI at seven o'clock this morning, which is a business networking group. Been part of it for 17 years. Then I had a meet with a lender after that, met with my chiropractor after that, hit the dry cleaners, had my call with you. And my day is very structured. But then by Thursday, because I know that homes come on the market Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursdays and Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, I leave my calendar wide open because I need to be available for buyers and sellers who want to meet with me. And so I structure my day that I do all of my heavy duty prospecting Monday, Tuesday into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are left open. So if I have no business, I take the day off. That's great. You know, last Sunday, my wife was like, what's your day look like? I get nothing on the calendar. I'm not going to make myself busy. I went to an Irish dance festival with my daughter in Natick and we enjoyed ourselves. That's great. So I build days off into the calendar by just leaving them open. Sure. No, and I really, really love the structure. It's interesting you said the dry cleaner. And I think I love the concept of structure, but I'm the perfect candidate. Like I never had it and I'm really working on it. And it feels you almost let those little things you really need to function just like drop, go by the wayside. And that doesn't help. You, it, you really need to schedule it in, even if it's 20 minutes. Yeah. Schedule it. If you want your workout every day, it has to be in there. For, for me, at least, if I don't put something in, even just a chance to answer emails, I put that in my... And of course, sometimes a meeting might override that, but it's me reminding myself like realistically, you need this hour to look at, you know, to do some administrative things. So I think it's, it's just, it's all good reminders. Um, I think some people I should have started with this. And this is what I was thinking as you were talking, there are going to be people that are listening to to this and they're going to have this like visceral reaction, like absolutely not. Right. Like this, that's not what sales is. You never know what your day is going to look like. Not untrue, but I think because of that, and and again, I'm like the poster child for it we've trained ourselves to say, Oh no, no, no. Like my day always has to be out of control. And you're almost addicted to that stress. And I think it's the opposite because sales is so unpredictable. You need to be almost more structured than most people, because when you are, you do build in times for things to come up and stuff to happen, but you can't just say, well, my day is going to be crazy anyway. So I'm just going to let it fly because that's where, like you said, that we we're having burnout. Um, And I like the, the partners piece. And that was interesting because as realtors. And again, I'll make one more reference to becoming a parent, but I mentioned this to you when I became a parent, all of a sudden I felt more connected to all these other people in my life who had been parents all along. And I was receiving like so much like sympathy and just like general, not even sympathy, but like a general like understanding, right. If I like needed to push something off or, Hey, I'm going to be 10 minutes later. I try not to do that, but it just made me feel like, wow, I'm like a part of this world that I didn't know existed. And it's amazing to be like partnered, like you said, with these other professionals who have the same kind of mentality. And I think that that's what I, I really was excited about this conversation because I would love to see more people get the time from there, get their time back right. and using your structure. And I think that us as partners, as in industry partners, if we all were to operate like this, it would be helpful to the whole group. Does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense. And I also will tell you, like when I got first got into real estate, one of the things that drew me into real estate was that I could work when I wanted to work. I could make as much money as I wanted to make and that had no structure. I loved being able to have no structure because I could just do whatever because you're a 1099. You do what you want, when you want. No one can tell you what to do. And, and that was so, that felt so, you know, I felt so alive. But right. then what happened was I got caught up in exactly what you're talking about. 
I caught up in the chaos of the market, in the chaos of the business. And what I found was that in order to have a life, I had to create structure. Because for most people, let's say 95% of the population works in a W-2 format. And in a W-2 format, the boss says, you need to be in the office from nine to five. And this is how your day is going to be. Here are your clients. And you have all this structure put in. For us entrepreneurs, for us realtors, you guys, the company doesn't give us anything. They don't tell us what to do. So you're you're kind of left to do it on your own. Right. And you have to figure out how do you create this life you want to have? I know it's true. And it, it's more work. Uh, my husband's like a serial entrepreneur. We talk about this all the time. It's more work, but there's more to be gained. But what I, I, I actually, when you were talking, was just thinking there after the pandemic, there was this big push for affiliate marketing and sort of like online careers, sales essentially is what that is. It is great. It does provide a ton of flexibility. But since then, I've seen the same kind of joke going out. Like I quit my nine to five to work 24 seven. And there's a reality to that. That's really true. It's like, it's not easier, right? The grass is always greener, but if you don't like, you can create this life and some people don't want to, some people like want the other side of structure, but you can create it without working 24 seven, but it's up to you. And, and yes, it's basically someone's not putting the structure in your day for you. Um, and, and I just think it's, it's something to really think about. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. I know that it's important to you to give back and to, to work with people in any capacity, but this is something you, you seem really passionate about. I love your systems. I love that you have your week designed. Um, I don't want to offer this out for you, but I do think, especially anyone from Gibson listening, um, that you would be open to talking to someone. Um, so if we can, I will. Yeah. And I do think, I think, you know, there's, there's a concept that I'm coming up with, which is called the ha- the habit of prospecting because Part of building those systems and having this habit of prospecting, you know, everyone, we have the ninja system. There's all these systems in place that are talking about prospecting because the biggest challenge is that so many people, so many realtors rely on hope as a strategy and hope's not a good strategy. And you have to kind of make prospecting habitual. You Mm -hmm. have to make it part of your life and something that you do each and every day because Mm -hmm. the biggest challenge in, in the real estate industry is that you get really, really busy, you close four or five deals, and then you go three or four months without a deal. Mm-hmm. And then you get really, really busy, you close three or four deals. So maybe at the end of the year, you close your 10 to 15 deals, but it was so mentally exhausting that you that you are borderline you know, ready to quit, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to get into the habit of prospecting. The other thing that people need to do to make this system work is treat their money that they earn in real estate as a business. And what I mean by that is that when you get, let's just say you got a $10,000 commission check, don't be like, woohoo, I get $10,000 cause you know, and I, I can spend it all. Know that as a business owner, you need to set aside, you know, at least 30% into a tax account. And now, okay, now you have $7,000 left over, but what do I do next? Is that all my profit? And then know that maybe you should slice off 10% of that to put back in your business. And maybe set a little aside for a rainy day fund. So at the end of the day, maybe you have $5,000 you can have fun with. And if you can make that a habitual habit as well with money management, that helps. Because I know we say that money doesn't make you happy. And there's truth to that. But having money in the bank certainly gives you peace of mind. And the ability that if you have a demanding client that you've partnered up with, 
and they're demanding your time, if you have money in the bank, you can say, you know what? We're not the right fit for each other. Right. Sometimes the best client that you can have is the one that you fire because they're not the right fit for you. And, and I think it's really important for people to hear that because real estate, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a victim of this myself, which is why I'm so passionate about it. When I was 28, I had $50,000 of credit card debt. I was at the prime of my career to be able to go out and buy some investment property and really take my business to the next level. And I got trapped because the market shifted and mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for it. And it took me a year and a half to dig out of that hole. And I ended up was living in my parents' basement. And I like desperately wanted to get out. All my friends were getting married. They were living in beautiful houses. I was selling them a lot of those beautiful houses. But because I didn't manage my money properly, I was in a big, I had a big problem. And I know how easy it is because we just came out of a period from mid-2020 through mid-2022 where we were selling so much real estate. Everyone was making money. But now things have shifted. And prices have, and what's interesting with this market shift is prices of homes is holding, but transaction volume has gone way down. And now if you're investing, you might be buying those Zillow leads and investing all this stuff, but you're not making any money right now. It's really important to learn how to manage your money and treat it like a Mm -hmm. business in that capacity as well. So true. I was just talking about that last night. I've always (laughs) been passionate about financial literacy, especially for young people. And I think... It's just something that we don't do well with our youth. And then people tend to kind of come into money and then learn the hard way right. um, instead of knowing. And it is, there's a freedom to it. It's not just about money, um, a freedom in your personal life and your professional life. When you said it, the ability to sort of cut ties with clients that you might not want to work with and just in general, in all relationships in your life, there's a freedom to being able to sort of stand on your own two feet. Um, and so that's definitely, I know that's something you're passionate about too. And we could get probably do a whole another episode on. Um, so again, if anyone wanted to talk to you specifically on that, or maybe we do that as like kind of a part two. Yeah, no, I just think it's important because, you know, and I think for realtors out there who are struggling with time management, probably the, the number one time management thing I would start with is having an open and honest communication with their clients Mm -hmm. and, and telling their clients that. When you're in the midst of the negotiation, you're on. Because I mean, sometimes I have to work till 10 o'clock at night to do a negotiation because time is of the essence during a negotiation. For sure. Outside of a negotiation, there is very little in the residential real estate field that requires immediate attention. Mm -hmm. So what I like to, what I would say to realtors is that when you meet with your clients, you tell them the boundaries of which you expect to work in. So if you're a morning person and you're up early, you say, if you need immediate attention, we can have phone calls early in the morning, but at 5 p.m. I'm with my kids. Unless there's you know, something of time sensitivity, I want you to respect the boundaries that we're setting forward. Or you know, when I'm on a call or when I'm with a client, I turn my phone on silent. So if you can't reach me, it's not that I don't love you, but it's I'm giving someone else my time and attention and I will respond to you. I'll listen to your voicemail and send you a text message, phone call, or email as soon as I'm available. But I need to know that you can respect these boundaries because if you can't, it's okay, but we're not going to be a good fit for each other. And when you have me, you have my full attention. And that's an important piece too, right? I think when we sort of said, well, that's not possible. It's like, well, then it's not possible to give anybody your full attention. You know, we have to make it possible. And I've been there and it is hard. Um, 
but yeah. And neither of us are wearing like those earpiece or Apple pods, like ready for the next phone call. Like we're fully dedicated to this Zoom call. Yes. And, right. and like my biggest pet peeve is I'll be sitting talking to someone, they'll have their earbud in. And I'm like, are you talking to me or are you talking to your earbud? Yes. Like take your technology off and give right. me your focus. Right. Right. You know, I meet, I meet, I work with a lot of wealthy people. And the biggest, biggest thing that wealthy people say to me is that I was so focused on making money and I wasn't focused on my loved ones. So I'm on my third wife or third husband. My kids don't talk to me. I have all of this material wealth, but I have no one to share it with. Mm -hmm. And that's like something that you have to think about is like, what are your priorities? Mm -hmm. And how are you going to find there are 6 billion plus people in this world. There is an abundance of opportunities for business. Mm -hmm. All you need. I mean, as a residential realtor in Massachusetts, I work Gibson Sotheby's. Our average sales price is like 1.1 million. You know, how many transactions do you need to be able to provide the life you want to have? For me, it's around 25 to 30 million. So I don't need to sell 100 homes. I need to sell 30 of them. Mm -hmm. You know, what are what is the business, the life you want to have? Figure that out and then work around creating what you need to do to reach that. I love that. Yeah, and everyone's going to have a different... Yeah, some people want to do 80 million. Some people want to do 150. But why? You know, if, why? Yeah. You, if you say why, well, I want this and I want this house or I want, then that's all great. But understanding that like you can set that, that why up um, and well, say, so, this is the life that I want. And it's not just about continuing to chase the next thing. Right. There's a great book called the gain and the gap. And it's about kind of being able to enjoy the distance between where you are and the goal because so many people set goals, but then if they don't reach the goal, they get disappointed. But mm -hmm. like, enjoy the moment, like enjoy what you're striving for. Mm -hmm. But you know, because if you understand why you're in business, what you want to accomplish, it then helps that habit of prospecting more easily attainable. Because a lot of people will wake up and say, I don't want to make my phone calls. Mm -hmm. I don't want to write my handwritten notes. I don't want to do my real estate reviews. Mm -hmm. And that's because they don't have a solid foundation of a why. Mm -hmm. Because like I wake up and say, you know what? I'm I'm unemployed today. And I'm unemployed. I wake up every single day with the attitude that I'm unemployed. Because mm -hmm. I have to go out there and earn people's trust. I got to right. let people know me. I got to make sure they like me. And I want to make sure they trust me. And if I can accomplish those three things, then I can get someone to hire me. And we can have a great day. And we can partner together to help them reach their dream of home ownership. Or help them solve the problem of selling a home to move on with their life. I love it. This has been a great conversation. I do want to say you mentioned multiple books and I wrote them down every time. We'll put that in the notes. Yeah. Um, because I know people like that. And um, I promise we'll still do lunch, even though we didn't do this in person. Um, one of the things we do is we always keep these around or under 30 minutes because we know everybody's busy. And I know that we're going to have other topics we want to talk about with Tom. So I would love feedback um, if anyone has it. And I know Tom would too. And it, like I said, if, if you want to talk to Tom directly, you can reach out to me and I can put you in touch. But I'm so appreciative of your time today, Tom. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Anything else to add that you have in your mind before we totally wrap it up? No, I just want to say that I truly am uh, available. If people have like a question or a call, you know, I, I want to be able to elevate other people's careers because I wouldn't be where I am today without other realtors. I've reached out and had lunch with many of the top realtors in our company and just asked them, would you mind? And this was years ago. Just would you mind having a cup of coffee with me? 
and I always gleam something from a, a, a realtor. So I'm about that. that. Thank you. You have you do really share so much, and we're very appreciative. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.